Hello, everybody. And you're listening to another film podcast where three friends watch a movie and discuss and debate it. Uh, so get ready for some hot takes, uh, some non sequiturs, and a lot of banter. And as always, be warned, there are spoilers. Roll pop! My name is Matt, and I recently watched... Uh, Disturbing Behavior, starring Nick Stahl. Uh, my name is Tierney, and I didn't prepare an answer to this question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I recently, Have you read anything recently? Uh, <laughs> what did I most recently watch on Letterboxd that you guys thought was funny? Shrek? No, I don't Truly know. panicking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, stuff. I'm looking to... Stuff. I'm looking to Letterbox right now. Hold on. We'll get an answer for this. Oh my god. Well, you watched It's okay. We can... Oh, uh Michelle Wolf. Oh, <laughs> I know yeah, that's the most recent <laughs> okay. special. Okay, thanks. We can okay, move good. on. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Not a film, but a but a special. Uh, my name is Colin and I recently watched Stop Making Sense for the first time ever in IMAX and it fucking ruled. Look at that. Look at all this watch. Uh, another thing I watched this week was the movie Before Sunrise. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, you sure did. But why did you pick? Why did you pick Before Sunrise? So uh, we're doing a new run of our podcast here. And we the theme of this podcast is unconventional trilogies. And so uh, I chose the Before trilogy. And so uh, I thought about making you guys watch the third one first, but I figured we should probably stay at least somewhat conventional. And so I made you watch the first one first. And so why, why would you make us watch the third one first? Then we know the answer. Oh, I mean, okay. I really was like, is there some sort of reverse (laughs) meaning? No, it was just a joke. It was a play on the unconventional theme. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, But apparently, it it didn't land. So, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) What is before sunrise? Uh, Before Sunrise is, uh, so we'll just quick sidebar. Before Trilogy is one of my favorites, and I knew that neither of you had seen it, so. Now this is the fucking time. Before Sunrise is the first one of the trilogy. It came out in 1995, directed by Richard Linklater, starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And it's about two people who meet on a train in Europe and then get off the train and just walk around and talk. And that is it. And it is beautiful. (laughs) Um... Well, I'm excited to talk about this movie, uh, but our listener uh, should know we're going to be doing things a little differently here in uh, what I'm just now in this moment calling The Road to 100, which is <laughs> the <laughs> 12 movies, Truly including just this one. That on us. Yeah, exactly. well, I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> the Road to 100. Which is this uh, 12 films that are between us and our 100th episode. 
Uh, so we took this opportunity now coming back from our little hiatus to <laughs> little little hiatus little uh, where little. we forgot to drop the broadcast news episode for two months you know <laughs> you gotta keep them guessing is what the great showman we're nothing showman, if not really unconventional that's true <laughs> we don't believe in conventions comic book or otherwise <laughs> otherwise um I was gonna say but, ovens, uh, but those are convection. Yeah. I also I did say ovens. Matt didn't and, say uh, I because I, I like, don't know the difference between <laughs> convection and a convention. Uh, but um, part of uh, the way that we're gonna talk about movies now uh, is using a little rubric that we assembled from some elements that we appreciate in film, uh, and we're gonna give them a yas or a nar uh, as we discuss uh, how we like them. So the eight elements quickly are dialogue, acting, visuals, music and sound, story, and plot. And so you'll notice that's a little different from dialogue. Uh, symbolism, resonance, which could be like cultural impact. Uh, and the last one is emotional connection. And so that's how we personally feel about the movie. So those movies that maybe suck, but we just love <laughs> so much uh, I like that you you were like dialogue and plot are not the same thing as if they're often misconstrued <laughs> you know some people don't know what the plot is I was thinking for the first time yeah I can like, think what of if... a few people <clears throat> is that me? no I was just is that, I was, I was is gonna... that Richard Linklater? <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Link? is weirdly topical <laughs> I was thinking for the first time when uh, when you were reading these off and you said music or sound. I was like, what if we ever do sound of music for the pop and none of us choose that? Damn. <laughs> yeah. I, love I like the costumes. Yeah. <laughs> the dialogue is good. The singing, not so much. But the dialogue, really solid. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the historical <clears throat> aspect. Um, but anyway, we're just going to each pick three things that we want to talk about. Uh, we have each already picked three things. Yes, exactly. Yes. And then we yes. will discuss those. So, uh, Colin? I can start. It was my pick. Uh, all, as you may have guessed by now, um, all of these were yasas for me. Uh, I love this movie. <laughs> uh, dialogue, I would say acting and emotional connection are the, the three yasas that I would like to put forward for today's Some, discussion i had uh acting and dialogue but my emotional connection was a yasnar oh interesting oh okay well which let's, we can talk let's, about because i'm, I'm undecided it's more like i'm undecided yes no okay and sailing something that's yes no means not under command so i am not <laughs> under command i don't have a, i don't have a command of emotional connection yeah okay i like this i like this element too of blending your sailing into november charlie film. like i i like you being like i'm not in command of of that particular oh. part let's keep doing that um all right Matt, i'll well, do we're... my best <laughs> i also have the acting as something that i loved uh i felt like it was an incredibly resonant movie uh, and which is, you know, I think emotional connection and resonance, I think, can sometimes get a little muddy for me. But I do think it, like, it speaks to something, I think, larger than any one 
person or couple. Um, and uh, I think the dialogue was uh, was incredible. I think like so. I think we're kind of all in the same mm-hmm. space. And I think yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this, but the fact that plot is not existent factor in this yeah. movie is also fine with me. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Well, I think let's should we start with? Oh, go ahead, Tierney. I was going to say, if we start with dialogue, I have a theory as to why it's so good. I was going to say, I, I think we should start with dialogue and or acting and get to the yeah. emotional connection and or resonance later. Because yeah. I think we're all fairly on the same page with the first three or first two, I guess. And it sounds like tyranny is, what, what was it, out of control? Not under command. <laughs> Not under command. <laughs> out of control. It's a November <laughs> Tyranny's out of control. <laughs> Um, so I think that with dialogue, if we start there, my theory as to why it's so good is because it is also written by a woman. Mm-hmm. If it was only a man, it would not be that good. And there's several instances where I was like, <laughs> I literally wrote down, I said, it's, <laughs> I don't know if this says a lot, uh, about me, but some of the things he says he is he is zigzagging back and forth mm-hmm. between being vulnerable yep. and being a stereotypical man. And mm-hmm. so the yep. comment that I wrote was, it's hard to believe that men can be that vulnerable, LOL. And then, like, three scenes later, <laughs> when we got to the fortune teller, I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. And so I think that that was... Uh, I think that that would be that was guided by the hand of a woman. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, yes. I think my position on Richard Linklater is fairly well documented at this point. I love him. I love his movies. Um, but even with that in mind, like he alone could not have done this, and so I totally agree with you. Like there, and I I wouldn't have wanted him to honestly. Like I. Uh, it would have been so bad. <laughs> if it was all a man's perspective. Yeah, I, I think hated it. The fact that like this is literally just two characters. I mean, um obviously there's like way more people that are involved here, but like well, not way more, but there are more people who are involved, but it's like a 50-50 split between these two characters, and I do think that like the fact that one of them is a woman, if this movie were written by a man, it just wouldn't work. And I, Correct. I think one of the things that I love so much about this movie is how engrossing just a conversation is, right? Like, and I think that obviously what I'm about to say is not that novel, but like in order for a conversation to be engrossing, the dialogue and the writing has to be really, like it has to be really high, high. Yeah, like it has to be real. It has to feel true. It has to like, it has to be genuine. And it has to like, there's, it just wouldn't have happened if, if Linklater was writing this on his own. And I do think that, like, having his, his uh, writing partner, whose name I'm blanking, it's Kim, Kim something, I can't think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to Kreezan. the point where I hadn't seen this. I knew you loved it. Our friend Jim loves it. And he has been trying to get me to watch this since, like, 2013. And yeah. I never have. And I think subconsciously that was part of it, to the point where when her name popped up in the credits, I went, oh, Okay. Whew. <laughs> Actually, I like sighed. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm in okay hands." Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think that is an important part of the movie that I think keeps it from sinking. Is absolutely the balance that 
and maybe not even balanced, but I think, like, he is a much more unlikable character in more moments than she is. Mm -hmm. I think she is pretty normal and realistic and likable the entire time. But I do think the moments in this movie where you do kind of, where the only conflict you could even say that really exists are in the moments where Ethan Hawke's character, what is what is his name again? Jesse. Ryan. Jesse. I don't, I feel like I do not remember Jesse that James. being said. Is that what his, his name? His name is James. No, his name's James. Everybody calls Jesse. him Jesse and she, okay. Celine is like, wait, Jesse James? And he's like, no, just Jesse. <laughs> I was maybe not paying attention at that moment, but Fucking rude. I'm so sorry. Uh, must but have been when you were I do think at the rubric. I think it was actually because that was, it was early on in the train scene. Uh, but I, uh, I do think it's like it's such a subtle movie in those moments, like the fortune teller, which I think uh, his reaction to that is the first time that you start to doubt maybe. His intentions. Just how, mm-hmm. yeah, and just how likable or how uh, real he actually is. Like how much of it is is him gonna becoming just becoming a man, just becoming like you don't believe in all that phony stuff, and especially when it's something positive about her life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to kind of cut it down like that. You can see, and you know, this is probably getting too early into acting, but I think. There's too many moments of acting anyway. But I think that, like, in this movie particularly, I do think that dialogue and acting are very entwined. Um, There's a reason why we both had both of them. Exactly. It's true. Yeah. Maybe we just merge into both. (laughs) Because I do, I I think, think actually, that is true. It's like, they are made better because of each other. Where I even asked uh, Chris, who I was watching this with, like, was this devised or was this pretty tightly scripted? He's like, this one was pretty tightly scripted. Mm -hmm. And, like, in future installments uh julie delpy and ethan Hawke had a little more writing so credit there so in the subsequent films which we'll get to in subsequent episodes uh they're actually credited as co-screenwriters right um so like but these characters in this form mm-hmm. are so new that i mean the re- the authenticity of both of them is in the dialogue but their performances of that dialogue are so natural mm-hmm. and so believable that something as small as that <clears throat> moment with the fortune teller where he's kind of diminishing the magic that she kind of witnessed, you can already see in her face kind of like, I don't really want to listen to this anymore. Like, can you stop talking? Yeah. And for that to come back later in a really honest way of how those kinds of discussions actually bubble up again, of just like in, a, in relation to a different topic of conversation being like, well, you know, there was a moment back there when you were at the fortune teller that I was kind of like, I don't know about this. Like, it felt so real for that to be something that she was reacting so genuinely that we were able to immediately be like, oh, yeah, I think I'm also mad for you. Mm-hmm. And it was a point of contention. It was something that rubbed her the wrong way. And there's a few other moments like that, too, where he kind of does these things where you're like, she's being a lot more open than you are, and she's being a lot more honest than you are. I mean, even the questions initially on the bus. Yeah, I, thought I was, it was just going to say. Pretty, it was a pretty good, I mean, you guys are both men. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I assume our listener can tell by the depth of your voices. <laughs> I am a female. Uh, and it is very, uh, I thought it 
really captured well what it's like being on a date mm-hmm. um, and how a lot of times the woman is supposed to be more open, et cetera, than the man. Mm-hmm. I did think my, like, one caveat with the script, and this is building off of what you were saying, Matt, is, like, that fortune teller was done really well, and then, like, those, like, recurrent things was done really well. The one where I'm like, we rushed this, is at the end when they're in the park to where I'm like, you just said no, you mm-hmm. didn't, and I'm like, just have, like, another 30 seconds of dialogue to get us there, like, uh, like, I don't know, a little bit nicer to where it was like, okay, stranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who I just said no to. I'm going to just completely so- abandon my previous uh, <laughs> conclusions. Like, I, I think as the audience, because we can't see in her brain, I wanted mm-hmm. to know what got her there more than, what, like, the one or two sentences that they gave. Yeah. But that was my I one mean- caveat with dialogue. Otherwise, I would say, very good. I literally wrote, and by the, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for the part, do you mean like them sleeping together? Yeah, I just wrote they could have worked a little harder for that like pre-sex conversation. Sure. I, and it, even you then, still want the do payoff? they have sex? I assume they did because her shirt's it's, not on. In I was the gonna next say season. she's not wearing her shirt. Like she had a, like a dress on over a shirt, and in the next morning she only has the dress on. So I think it's like, it's not obviously it's not shown, but I think it's strongly implied that they did and that one is like like it it was naturally leading there and it like is what the necessary like payoff would be for the story it was mostly just like it made her look like so like it made it look like no means yes and that's where i was like make it look a little bit harder (laughs) (laughs) and because her response is really like it's a, she a good, it, when she was like I don't oh so you're gonna just sleep with a French woman for one time and never see her she's again. Like, like I, I don't, I don't, want, I don't be, want that to be a story that you have like yeah, I don't want to yeah. be a story that you can tell which I think is just like an incredible line in so I love sure exactly. and she yes. says a joke like maybe this is like very immature and I'm like this is like the most mature shit that's ever <laughs> yeah. been on film <laughs> yeah. he's so immature by being like come on yeah <laughs> And so that's where I was like, just have, like, a couple extra lines so it doesn't look like no means yes. Sure. No, I agree. I agree with you. I will say that I do think that at first when she does say, like, I don't think I want to sleep with you, he does, like, roll back over to his back. So it's not like he's, like, super pressuring her. But, like, as soon as it becomes, like, an option that's back on the table, you know, he's like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. But I did really like the... uh, I think one of you mentioned it earlier, but the questions on the bus, I always love that scene for a couple of different reasons. Um, it feels weird. I know that, you know, we're only supposed to do our three yases or nars. Um, it feels weird saying visuals are a strong component of this movie because it's not really what I would think of as like a visually striking movie, but <clears throat> there are a lot of like long takes, which, you know, I'm a sucker for, and this is not like a traditional, you know, like, long take type situation but it is just like that whole sequence in the bus is like a five minute uninterrupted take that's just them having a conversation and it's like mesmerizing to watch them talk and to the point that we were saying earlier like he asks her like the first question he asks her right off the top of the bat is like what was your first like memory of like yeah. 
like a sexual interest in someone, which is like mm-hmm. a pretty like like probing question for somebody mm-hmm. that you've known for like a couple hours. So it's like bold that he like goes there, but she's game, which I think is really fun. And then she immediately is like, "Have you ever been in love?" which is a super deep and like real question. Like his question is just like, "I'm a you know, 22, 23 year old dude. I'm always who just thinking got, about sex. Right. And like, I'm just always thinking yeah. about sex. So like, of course that's his question, but her question back to him is so much more mature and so much deeper. And he's just like, yeah, all right, now it's my turn to ask you another question. And she's like, whoa, 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 hold up my dude. Like, that's not like, that's not how this goes. And so I do feel, I really love how, how willing she is to push back on him yeah. and get him to a point where he is, ultimately able to be more open with her um and just like watching i mean literally just watching two people fall in love over the course of the night is just like so beautiful and <laughs> like i just oh so that bus heart. scene <laughs> i wrote down under the acting category since we're kind of merging the two of them right okay yeah, uh i wrote his eye contact mm-hmm. in that scene i think is where you're like oh he really really likes her yeah. Um, and the listening booth is another one too, oh. where the, Ooh, that's both of their eye contact. Kiss. But <laughs> the first half of the movie, he is like, he is like the eye contact that uh, is like, I am super into you. Yeah, it's and really I well done. I, he even has like, even like from jump, he has like really little things. Like when he first notices her, and he's like, oh, like. I kind of want to say something to her, but like, should I say something to her? And he just like the way Ethan Hawke plays that. And he's just like looking at his book, but kind of looking at her and then just like waiting. And then he finally decides to like say something and like make a move. Um, just like watching him get to that point is really like really fun. And I think that mm-hmm. he like, I've always liked Ethan Hawke, but I do think that this is like one of my favorite Ethan Hawke performances, like, and not just in this movie, but I do think like Jesse as a character is one of my favorite things that Ethan Hawke's ever done. <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, I, I so I'll go back to the bus conversation. In relation to the pinball conversation that happens mm. later, where the exact same thing happens, where he asks her a question, and she's very open and vulnerable, and offers a lot of very sensitive information that he even, you know, teases mm-hmm. or, like, you know, pushes on. But then when she asks him if he has a girlfriend, he, like, can't spit out what happened. This like is just, just stumbling through it. What it's like being a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, that, I think that's, like... We connect at a much that, higher level, I think, on average, than guy, guys to guys. I can't speak from guys yes. to guys, actually, but... No, I think... I think that right. that's but, true on the whole. I do think that, like, I have yeah. some friendships with... I love heart with, to hearts. I, was, I have some, like, very close male friendships, but I do think that that's not terribly common yeah i would say (laughs) and and just yeah that ability to both be sensitive sometimes and vulnerable sometimes Mm -hmm. and then fall back into the kind of the stereotypical male like i don't want to talk about it i never Uh, get hurt you know yeah and just kind of like oh you know whatever she you know it's just you know sucked uh, like instead of 
really getting tender. And even her story is like, she's like, I wasn't actually going to murder him, but like, I just wanted. And her and her actual story is more of a problem with the therapist yeah. than with her ex-boyfriend. And so like, she's even looking at it from this kind of mature lens of like, that was pretty rude that like, this therapist like, reported me when I was trusting her with this information. And yeah. I wasn't even serious about it. But like, he can't even just be like, I got broken up with in Spain. Yeah. And even that, there's a little bit of me that also questions actually how much she didn't want him there Mm -hmm. or if he was just insecure, but her. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was like, (laughs) I thought it was but B-U-T. And I was like, but what? (laughs) He was but hurt, but he was only but hurt. Uh, And it also makes you question his intentions with her. Mm-hmm. Is right. it just like he As, didn't get his didn't bust a nut in Madrid and now wants to do it in Celine? And like, and goes like God, lists all the men. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I was just about to say that Matt. Like when he's when he when he does again. Like I feel like she does. Uh, Celine does a really good job of pushing him and not letting him get off the hook when he tries right. to just like slide by. Um. But when he does get to, when he does get to a point where he actually is explaining the situation, he's just like, yeah, and all of her friends were there, and she, he lists off like three dudes, and it just feels like very like this guy and that guy yeah. and this guy, and then there's also two other women there. So like it is a group of six people that is evenly split along the gender lines, but like when he mentions the girls, he's just like, oh yeah, and her and her, like it's very right. clear that he was just like, and again. It's possible that, you know, she'd been abroad for however long. As a person who's been in a long-distance relationship, I can relate with that being extremely difficult. So, like, I do think that there are probably... Also before phones. And, yeah, in the 90s. before phones. Like, I do think that there probably is an element of truth in his story, but I do think that there... It does raise the question of, well, like, was it as much her fault as you were leading us to believe... Or was it, like, a little bit of both? Like, you came out here expecting this romantic thing with the person you've been in a relationship with, and you realized that, like, you weren't going to get that. And not even, like, a sexual thing, but just, like, a romantic European thing. And it just, like, wasn't that. And so were you jealous because she has other friends that aren't you? Like, you know, I do think that that's an interesting thing. I also like that, like, they finally have a somewhat real conversation at the pinball machine but then literally the next shot is them walking up some stairs and him talking about some certain like species of ape that yeah, fucks, fucks all the time. And they're just like, yeah, they're super happy. So he's like, oh, what's your, why'd you bring that up, Jesse? I wonder, wonder, yeah. what, wonder yeah. what your ulterior motive is here. Also, he negs his ex-girlfriend's art history program. He's like, she, he, she's in some annoying yeah. art history yeah. program. And it's like, uh-oh. Red flag, Celine, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I do love no, but there couple, is but like he an, does have some red flags. An element of like is it is it, sort of what you were saying, Colin. Does he just want a European romantic mm-hmm. holiday, and he's just doing it with Celine? And then it's like I don't. They seem to have a connection, but that it just makes you question his like intentions. Mm-hmm. One thing yeah. about the pinball machine scene. uh about acting since when was pinball a full body experience yeah and every time movies. i watch this movie <laughs> it was in so movies. distracting it's driving 
<laughs> Driving in TV and pinball in movies. Everyone is like... They're like humping the thing, and I'm like, most yeah. people just stand there and flick their just fingers. Like, just hit the button. Yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. like distracting to where like, when you first mentioned pinball, Matt, I was like, what did they even talk about during pinball? And it wasn't until you said it that I remembered. Because I literally was like, I was so distracted by their movies. <laughs> I think, so that's one thing I always notice when I watch this movie, is that like, they're just aggressive pinball playing is really funny but also the way julie delpy holds a beer bottle she like holds it like closed fist around the neck which i was like that's so i literally don't think i've ever held a beer bottle like that in my entire (laughs) life and i've consumed many beer bottles in my life and i don't think that's ever been a thought to like yeah i'm gonna hold this like it's i've held it like that oh it's so weird those are the two things that i always no i like hold the bottom of the beer bottle i don't hold it by the neck by the neck, it feels like you really get your and then like, when you, right in. You go to like take a drink, your, your fingers are just pushing against your lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can just you can practice kissing on it like when you were younger. <laughs> anyway. Um, the bum, quote unquote, uh, Vienna bum, Austrian bum that they run into who writes them the poem. The poem? Uh, I definitely was didn't another... think he was a bum. I thought he was just hanging well, out by the like river. Well, I think he's like a starving artist. I, he's like, I'm yeah, not going to ask you for money. Bum might be a little aggressive, but I do think that They he... call him a bum. <laughs> Ethan Hawke calls him a bum. Jesse says, like, oh, okay, I but... like this uh, Vienna version of a bum. <laughs> but, Vienna I mean, bum. he's also, like, just like smoking TV? a cigarette on the side of the river. Uh, but anyway, that poem, even, and how... It's another, mm. I mean, I think, like, that is another, scam. another fortune teller. Well, yeah. is it a scam, or is it? Is it some sort of cosmic hint that wh- where they are is the right place? Because the, the poem itself says things like, you already know me, and we don't know where we're yeah. going. Mm-hmm. And, like, these things that, for her, you can tell in her reactions, <clears throat> she's picking it up as, like, oh, shit, this is, like, confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for him... Immediately after that conversation, he's like, "Yeah, well, he probably had most of that written." It's out. just pure like, cynicism. Shut yeah. up! <laughs> like... Yeah, the cynicism, and I think that's what's so fun to watch about their two performances is that neither is overtly the opposite direction of the other. Mm-hmm. Like he says cynical things and brings up cynical topics, and is—I mean, I think his background of being like a mistake and his family and his parents acknowledging that. I think really paints that character to be kind of like cynical about everything, to kind of look at everything with like a yeah, but mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. approach. And she's not bubbly and she's not a manic pixie dream girl. Right. She's just an incredibly like kind of straightforward and rational young person who like says things. And I love the way that the conversation turns uh, at like, around the monkey sex thing or after the pinball where he brings up like wanting to murder her boyfriend and she's like no 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 but I'm really I'm saying something real here about Mm -hmm. like wanting to love and be loved and like that conversation where he has to kind of look internally and shed some of this defensive layer that he's been putting up and it's because she's kind of like no it is important to be loved by people and not just to care about what you achieve Mm -hmm. and and that's like their backgrounds are kind of the opposite in that sense too of she's been told like what's a better version of your career than the thing you want to do uh 
and she just sees it as like, no, it's it's just about love. It's just about like, to, isn't ever a man? The quote, isn't everything we do in life just to be a little more loved? What's that from? Incredible. She says it in like oh, in the alley. Yeah. I thought you said it was a a quote from something. Oh no, just her quote. From yeah. The movie. Got it. Um, the movie I just watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dialogue, you know. Uh, but, uh, but no, I think. I mean, I guess, yeah, in, in summation around dialogue and acting, I think they really go hand in hand because the, the performances really are so authentic that they're so authentic that you recognize things that aren't even said that come off to you as like, ooh, I don't know about his intentions, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know if she really liked that, or um, even the hesitation, the, the initial hesitation that she has to put up when he's like, why don't you just come off this train with me? And the kind of like stoic look on her face of like, I can't let on that I actually do want to do this to then eventually relent and be like, okay, what if I did get off? Maybe I will get off. Like that is her trying to be like, no, it's crazy. And in the last moment of them being kind of like, what are we going to do? It's like, they're both too practical and maybe her a little more than him to let this be more than what it was like it doesn't make sense as anything else but like I don't know she's a little more like this how this this is the way it is even when she says like I don't want you to sleep with me and then you're gone mm-hmm. that's gonna hurt too much uh, but incredible performances and like I am looking forward to seeing these characters and these actors age uh, and and where it goes uh, but one other class, thing I want to oh. talk about uh, I was gonna say what you were gonna say <clears throat> Oh, I was just going to say, people aging is cl- classic Dickie Link uh, tropes. <laughs> Dickie Link? What? Richard Linklater. <laughs> oh, Dickie. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God, do I oh, hate that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I really was like, really Dickie Link? <laughs> it was, like, was amazing. <laughs> you guys both just stared at me, and I was like, are they going to deliberately let this fall flat because they hate it so much and it was so much better I mean, that Matt was just trying to figure out what I was talking I was, about. I really was like, is this like, I I don't know why. The first thing my mind went to was like a creepy pasta website, like <laughs> like WikiLinks. I, I thought this was but some... But for like dinky, I was like, I thought it was what? like some weird like Irish slang that I'm just like not at all aware yes. of. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, just That's Richard awesome. being dick. <laughs> Dicky Link. Dicky um, But one other thing. Yeah, I, it is true though. Uh, I want to talk about just briefly um, in like the dialogue acting category before yeah. we move on. Uh, the scene in the cafe where they like have those fake phone calls with their friends. Mm-hmm. is magic. I love that Pure scene magic. so much. And every single time I watch this movie, I love everything, but I'm always just like, I just want to get to that scene. Like, I'll, I will happily watch the preceding hour and 10 minutes, but, like, here's what I'm here for. Like, this is why I grabbed this off the shelf and put this in the player and hit play. Like, that is just such a wonderful set piece for this movie. And I, it's it's a wonderful culmination of, like, okay, we've finally gotten to the point. Like, over the course of this day, they, like, met each other, and they were both very guarded. Well, 
one of them was very guarded. One of them was like a little guarded, but like open up a little bit more. And then we get to this point where they're, they're both like truly fully openly honest with one another and watching each other's faces when they're having their conversations, like when she's talking about, like when she's talking to her quote unquote friend and Jesse is just like, Oh, she's talking about me to me. And she set up this like fake way to do it because she's not quite comfortable enough with me to just say this to my face. So she like, developed this ruse that we could play along and then when like she's like impersonating his friend and just like i don't know man chicks are weird and he's just like has this look on his face like this is the perfect woman like i like you can just see how much he like genuinely loves her and just like on his face and there's a really great moment where he is holding the fake phone up to his hand and she's saying something and he just like puts like he just puts his hand down like he's just so engrossed with what she's saying and then he's like like he has the realization like oh no i'm still supposed to be holding this phone and it's such a small little thing but every single time i watch it it is just like the most endearing thing and i love it so so much <laughs> yeah i feel like i'll rewatch that scene after we're done cuz it was incredible and it is, it's their reactions of feeding off of this, like, man, like, this is magic. Like, we, and just, and, like, at no point does it feel like either of them is putting on a show for the other one to, like, tell them what they think they want to hear. Because mm-hmm. it really is, like, these genuine reactions. Like, you're, it really, like, that, the reactions and the exchange is magical. And especially, like, the first time they meet, they're, like, futzing with little salt shakers Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, occupying their hands and looking around the room. And in that scene, it's just, like, they are locked in and, like, outlining their meet cute, Mm -hmm. like, outlining the way that they met each other, knowing that this is the only night they're going to see each other or so they do. (laughs) Um, I do think that that maybe is a good transition or good segue into the emotional connection. Because again, I, I, every single time I watch this movie, I am just so invested in these two characters and I just like love watching them fall in love. And I like, this is probably when I watched it earlier today, it was probably like the sixth or seventh time I've seen this movie. And I just have a stupid grin on my face. Like, I caught myself halfway through one of the sequences, and I was just like, oh, I'm just, like, smiling. I'm, like, alone in my apartment watching this movie that I've seen however many times, and I'm just so happy to be able to watch these two people. Like, I'm so happy to be a fly on the wall of their love story. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, like, it's... I, I, I truly cannot describe how much this movie like affects me on like a deep level (laughs) but yeah i don't really have much else to say that's just like a very strong yas for me because it's just so beautiful i'll reinforce that uh since i also had like i had resonance but again maybe we make emotional resonance one i thought it was cultural resonance and then emotional connection that's that's probably fair and i would say then i'll change mine to emotional connection because I think I was pretty able to immediately lock myself into, oh, I've been, I've done this, or I've noticed this, or like, this is that feeling. I mean, like, and there's so many. I feel like the movie's packed with moments that are uh, 
both authentic because they're just you know lived experiences that exist and also like such authentic small moments that you're like oh i've never seen this on screen before really or done in this particular way um and you know the listening booth is just silent like just the music playing and you can tell both of them are waiting for the other one to maybe notice them looking at the other one and maybe this is when they kiss no maybe not right now but you can see all of this all of the gears turning uh as they just like listen to this music together and walking around the streets of vienna uh I think, you know, I, I've talked about, like, dating and how on a bad date, there's, like, the gaps in conversation. There's, like, the lulls that you don't really know how to get out of and are just kind of like, oh, no. And the only lull that happens for them is between them getting off that train and actually being in Vienna and him being like, this bridge is pretty cool. And she's like, yeah, and he's like, this is weird, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, that that transition moment is always a little tough. What's well, the first time there are stakes, right? Cause like on the train, right. there are no stakes, right? Like worst case scenario, I'm in an uncomfortable conversation, but at some point I can get off this train. But like when right. she's like, yeah, I'll get off and then I'll spend an entire night with you in Vienna. It's like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like, I had a couple, uh, very pleasant experiences uh, with people in Europe that felt not exactly like this. Like, this is clearly not the same. But there were moments that certainly were very similar in a way that I was like, yeah, this is not, you know, and obviously I'll wait to see the other two movies of this trilogy, but like, in and of itself, this movie is just about this moment between these two people. Mm -hmm. Not about the beginning of an epic romance that changed the course of history it's just about these two people Mm -hmm. uh these two fractions of souls together with each other in vienna at the same time and like they say i think that's such a beautiful moment too where they're like this isn't even supposed to be happening like neither of us is supposed to be here right now but this is where we are and that felt so true to me of just like how it feels to be you know in your 20s or even in your 30s like as a single person to feel like the adventure around the corner uh, could have all these moments that you remember and that you like really feel this connection to another individual uh, in a moment that is unique to just you two. It only exists for both of you. Um, And that really like, yeah, I was smiling the whole movie. I was laughing out loud to not jokes, but just like reactions or little, little, things that they did little hand gestures or just like ways they reacted to the other person that like felt so true that i couldn't help but like smile and laugh to be like yeah this is this is how it feels like this is exactly what those moments feel like at their very best and it is pure magic and walking away from the other and i mean it's the same as call me by your name the end of call me by your name where you're just left with like you're alone now like the thing that you shared is over at least for now but probably for good and it feels sad but you're also kind of like what do i do with all this like what do i do with all this energy and memory and stare into the fire and cry yeah i was gonna say yeah (laughs) or just take the escalator down you know (laughs) hop on a different train or on a plane but uh but no i i think like i was incredibly 
emotionally invested in this um, and in both of them and wanting both of them to give the other what they need especially sadly mostly her to him yeah being like you need to break out of your shell and you also need to like feel loved by somebody who can make you slightly less toxic you're not very toxic Mm. but the little bits of you that are a little still like oh blustery even being like oh yeah girls will be the one to be like hey fuck you but it's the guy who's gonna get his life on the line it's like okay (laughs) i mean (laughs) girls will literally die (laughs) right and she and that response too is so perfect when she's like i mean i think men can hurt and do hurt women way more Mm -hmm. and harder so i don't really think you need to be the one (laughs) worried and i was like this is yeah, incredible writing. So. I feel like I feel like if if Jesse were in twenty twenty three, he would say something that was like, "The post Me Too era has been really hard on men." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I kiss you? I don't even know if I'm allowed to anymore. Yeah. Um, but my I, residence. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm glad that this movie was made when it was made. <laughs> just say yeah. that right now. <laughs> um. But uh, I thought it was really good, and it was, like, lovely. Like, all the things you guys said, it was lovely to watch this unfold and seeing, like, little... It's it's one of those movies where it's so specific that it becomes universal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To where, like Matt said, you can see bits of, like, things that you've experienced in it. The way... The reason this is, like, part of NAR is that... Um, part... Why are you partially out of control on this one? <laughs> <laughs> Not under command. Uh, and this is like, I don't know if it's because this came out, you know, 28 years ago, and you've had 28 years of cinema since then, but it's like... Uh, you said that in italics. Yeah. <laughs> cinema. But, cinema. But I don't... It's like, it was hard to be like, is this original... Or is this cliche? Mm, sure. Yeah. And I think, I can't tell if it's like that it's been referenced so many times that when you see the original, you like think of all the other things. Um, hmm. Or that like I've had some of the conversations I was like, I've literally had similar <laughs> conversations <laughs> in my life to where I'm like, maybe it's, maybe I'm cliche. And so that's where I was like, I don't, I, I liked it and I enjoyed watching it. But then I was, like, confused because I was, like, I don't know how much has then been repeated, like, been mm-hmm. churned through pop culture. Um, like, there were, like, mm. I think in the first half hour, there are three conversation topics that I know are in other movies. And that's where I was, like, did everyone just mm. rip off of Before Sunrise? Mm. And then I, <clears> like, <throat> you know, didn't think to look up. <laughs> didn't, didn't think to follow up on that <laughs> and so that's where i was like it was really really good and i just i that was something i couldn't figure out for myself so that's why i'm out of control not under command however you want to say it um but i'll yeah, probably I see guess, it again at some point i don't i think that i still enjoyed it for the record yeah yeah, yeah. i think for, the first time i saw this was in 2013, right around when Before Midnight had come out. And so, like, these two movies had always oh. been on my list, but I'd never gotten around to watching them. And then the new, the third movie came out, and so I was like, okay, now's the time. And I, this was the first year I lived in Chicago. I was in my first apartment in Chicago, and I watched these movies. And I just remember 
feeling like I'd never seen anything like this before. Like, even in the Richard Linklater movies that I had seen at that point, I still just, like, this just feels unique. Um, mm-hmm. And so I do agree with you. I think that, like, there are moments in this movie where I'm just like, oh, that feels cliche. But it never, like, it never bumps, like, I never bump up against it because it's just, like, the the entirety of the project just feels so... Mm-hmm. real and and true and and like i said at the time i'd never seen anything like it but like it, i i just it never bothers me but i do think that there are moments when i'm watching it where it's just like this feels a little off but i i don't you know like it, it's like such know. a i think most people don't care <laughs> <laughs> but i and i think in lesser hands than julie delpy and ethan hawk mm-hmm. <clears throat> it absolutely i think would have read as cliche to me in those same moments yeah and I think I was so engrossed in their particular action, like acting and reactions outside of even just the questions or the dialogue, almost in a way of like, of course, some of these conversations are maybe universal or like a little like clunky because that's where like we're strangers. So I guess I'll introduce this topic. I think cin- I do think other movies have probably been like, oh, my God, I want to do something just like before Sun sunrise Mm -hmm. so i do think it is probably like we've seen this repeated but i yeah i think if it wasn't their performances it might have read as less true but because they're so genuine Mm -hmm. in their delivery and their uh just the small smallest little reactions it feels so real and lived in Mm -hmm. uh that i'm like you know it gets a pass and, and and i'm able to kind of look at the overall just like ugh, love is great uh, aspect <laughs> whereas like i think that's what like rom-coms want you to do is to be like isn't love grand and usually i'm like this is cliche and dumb and this doesn't this isn't how it happens but like this is this is how it happens yeah like, somebody mm-hmm. gets on the train and you don't know if you're ever going to see them again that's why i don't know that i don't know uh <laughs> you just have to watch it again probably or, or find out in the next one Yes, I, I wonder if the additional two will inform. Luckily for us, <laughs> you guys don't have to wait nine years before you get resolution yeah. to the story. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, watching it, I was kind of like, damn, I think I would have been crying if I had no idea there were two more. I'd be like, no! Yeah. Jesse, so but I'm like, where will their adventures take them next? Uh, should we move on to the Q&A portion? Yeah. Uh, yes. Some, uh, so, audience questions? Uh-huh. So, uh, go for we it. are interrogating you, right, Colin? We can do that. I think this is still a work, for a listener, I think this is still a work in progress. So, this, this may, this particular section may get tweaked on the road to so, 100. <laughs> I, 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 the road to yeah. 100. I had a question. Okay. And this is could be for both of you. Did you guys feel like they probably had the worst breath? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. At some points, it was like every, all I could think of. Every single time I watch this movie, because like they've been hanging out all day, about you, just Colin. Been talking all the time. God so knows what they've been this. drinking. Like, I'm sure they've had some <laughs> amount of coffee. They've been up all night. They've had uh... at least uh, that we've seen. They keep licking Some their beers. lips. Yeah, they and then like they have they share that bottle of wine in the park, which mm-hmm. by the way, 
Uh, love that this movie ends with just little shots of all the places that they went to. Ugh, Great yeah. stuff. But Heartbreaking. the one caveat I have to that is that it's just like, you fuckers <laughs> couldn't even throw the bottle away. Just like leaving a fucking bottle and some wine glasses. At the very Theft. least, go put the glasses back in front of that pub that you stole them from. I know. Like, yeah. Thieving and littering. Um, but anyway, yes, every time Brilliant. I watch this movie, I'm just like, okay, when they're like making out in the lawn at like 4 a.m., that's got to be some really rough stuff going on where they're talking so close to each other's face yeah and also the smell they must smell like i did the one thought i had was the next morning being like you just slept on grass Mm -hmm. and didn't shower all day the day before you must smell terrible you both must smell terrible maybe they showered in the morning before they got on the train where i just actually now that you pointed out do you think that uh celine just like went and squatted under a tree so she didn't get a uti <laughs> i mean yeah probably i don't know what yeah, i don't know what else question i don't know what else their other options yeah, this were q a like, is really devolving <laughs> peed in that wine bottle left that in front of the bar thanks for nothing Funneled this is it what in. love gets you yeah um i've got a question for colin and this is uh hearkening back to our you know previous format but uh since you love this movie so much, uh, I just have a question. What tattoo would you get so, from this movie? Cheat. I wouldn't get a tattoo from this movie, but I would get mm-hmm. the artwork for the Criterion Trilogy box set, which is, like, a sun, but it's in three different colors. And so there's, like, the one that's, like, the brightest yellow. Then there's one that's, like, a sunset. And then there's one that's, like, a midnight. So it's, like, a, it's more like a moon, kind of. But it's just, like, a really beautiful little artwork. Oh. That's awesome. That's I wasn't actually prepared for that question because I didn't think we were doing that anymore. But as soon as I thought about it for like half a second, I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's definitely this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Question for Colin and Tierney. Um, What city would you want to stumble through and fall in love in? Mm. Not Vienna. I'll tell you that for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) One... One Poor Vienna quick... does nothing but look beautiful in this movie, and you're like, like, not that place. Just catching strays from Tierney over here. <laughs> uh, I will say that one thing, one thing I do like about this movie is that you don't always, like, you never think about Vienna as being this, like, beautiful city in Europe, right? Like, us Americans are just like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, it's Paris, or it's, you know, whatever, um, or, like, Venice is another one that's, like, pretty commonly thought of as, like, a romantic city to, like, wander around in. Um, and I do think that, like, one of the fun things about this movie is that they don't they do not do one of the, like, the more obvious choices. Mm-hmm. Which is not an answer to your question, but when Tierney responded the way she did, it reminded me. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what I think is, like, a romantic city. But I, like, genuinely can't think of one. Like... I was like, London, just because there'd be so much to do, but it's, like, not romantic. It's, like, a little I dirty. mean, I had a, I had a before sunrise-ish evening in London, and it was pretty romantic. Okay. So. I know parts of it, it can works. be, but it can also not be. So that was the first one that came to my mind was London. And then, the, and then I was like, okay, but let me think of something like Venice, because... I don't, I don't think Venice is romantic. So just give me a second, Colin, you answer. I'm going to think about this. I don't have a great answer. I do think that, like, European feels right. Like, somewhere in Europe feels like the right answer. 
And I also would want it to be somewhere that I've never been before, which is a lot of Europe. I've only been to Europe once, so there are many options on the table. But I do think the idea of if I were to have this type of experience, I would want it to be a place where I can experience it for the first time with that person. Like, yeah. I, I mean, probably Celine had, I mean, she definitely had been. She said that she went to that graveyard when she was a kid, but like, it pretty obviously Jesse had never been there before. And so like getting to experience everything fresh um, does sound really I feel ideal. Like- <clears throat> uh, a medium-sized city in Portugal or uh, Stockholm. I haven't been to either of them, but, like, new yeah. cities in Europe. Um, I also Great feel choices. like Buenos Aires or, like, Bogota would also oh, be Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. we're going to branch out outside of Europe. Um, Which we should, but yeah. But yeah. <laughs> those and are great choices. That's, uh, and, that's about all and I And those are those are perfectly in line with Vienna as well. Like, that's exactly... You did the right thing, Colin, by also pushing, like, it's not Venice, it's not mm-hmm. Rome, it's not, you know... Paris. Barcelona. But, like, yeah, it's not Paris. It's not Paris. It's The obvious thing mm-hmm. would be Paris. It's yeah. closer to Spain. She's from Paris. But, no, it's Vienna. It's, like, it's off the beaten path. Uh, so, yeah, so those cities, like Stockholm... A, like a small Portuguese city like or a, somewhere in South America. Yeah. I, I do again, think I don't know why Bogota came to mind because I really don't know anything about it <laughs> other than like nope. what I've seen in Narcos. <laughs> 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 but it just had a good it had a good ring to it. Sure, yeah. So I just and you can follow committed. I think like somewhere and this is Spoilers, uh, stepping on before midnight's toes a little bit, but I do think somewhere in Greece would be my ultimate answer to that question. Like, I don't know if it would be necessarily but Colin, like you Athens. Hate the heat. Sure. <laughs> but do I you think do, you like, could really be open hearted and open minded when you're like dying? <laughs> I could be. I think I would just like that person would just get to see I'm a very particular side of me very quickly. So. Mm. <laughs> but I like, mean, that I, is how we became friends, so. Also, very true. <laughs> very, very true. Over the heat? Yeah. I turned in... to him in that party and said, is it just me or is it really fucking hot in here? And I was Colin like, was thank like... God. I've been waiting for somebody else to say this. Because, like, I couldn't be the only asshole that runs to the air conditioner and turns it <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was literally, I think that was literally the first, like, in-person conversation that Tyranny and I had ever had with each other. I think it was the other. first time I, I don't think we'd spoken before that. I think I, was, I just I, knew who you were. I was going to say, I couldn't was remember. Was even we... at that party? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of our, like, <laughs> parties. Oh. Like the, oh, like the wine and yeah, <laughs> it was a wine and cheese party. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, yeah, I think I had never. I think I yeah, I had maybe at the most sent like tyranny an email, like a work email, but I'd never actually sure. like had a face to face conversation with her about it. it. I'd only worked there for like two or three weeks. Okay, uh, I think it was. The, I think that was literally. I was like, oh, that's Colin, and then it was like. <laughs> Are you dying? Because I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a question for you guys. Uh, Okay. So, obviously, like, we know that there are two other movies, but do you think that they met in Vienna in six months? 
No. No way. Okay. They couldn't even land on what the plan was. No way. Okay. Just, no, just not now, not ever. No, yeah. No <laughs> way, no way, no way, no way. Um, no. Okay. Does anybody have any other questions? No. That's uh, Mine was just about the bed breath. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and I am interested. I feel like, you know, with our new format, we're trying to keep it down to an hour. And there's a lot, I think, in the characters that I think is nice that we have two more episodes mm-hmm. to keep with these characters. And again, because there's not a ton of plot, we can really just spend time with, like, the psychology of these characters, who they are to each other, what they mean to the other person, and, you know, what it means to all of us. Like, what are the, what are the messages of these movies? Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see them again. Likely not in Vienna in six months. Uh, even <laughs> when they were like, oh. I fear that it was going to be Vienna for all three movies, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of the Austrians, are you? No, I just, I was like, you can't have, there's not enough Vienna to go around for three movies. That's yeah. true. I did, I had one day in Vienna because it was cheaper to go from Venice to Prague through Vienna mm. on an overnight bus that I got to Vienna at like eight in the morning and couldn't check into my hostel and was like, huh? Oh. Uh, and one day was enough. And it wasn't a bad city, but I was like, I, yeah, I, I saw like a lot that there is to see. I walked around a lot. I'm pretty tired. I did as much as I could. And then it was off to Prague, and I was like, there's going to be more to see in Prague. So, yeah. yeah. Vienna for three movies? <laughs> I mean, know. even the Austrians, when they asked, like, what's there to do here? They were like, you could come see our play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a cow, man. <laughs> About a cow. <laughs> oh, which was another amazing moment of dialogue is when he's like, "We didn't, we see, didn't the see the play." She's like, "Oh no, we missed it. Oh, what a shame." Yeah, I love that so much. Um, one other thing that I don't necessarily think that this is going to be an always segment, but it is a thing I've done in the past, and I saw it, and so I felt like bringing it up. Uh, yeah. Letterbox review of this movie from M- from Demi out of Juive. Uh, me watching this before being in a long distance relationship that started as a train ride to a new city. Cool. Seems like a sweet indie love fantasy or whatever. <laughs> me watching this after being in a long distance relationship that started as a train ride to a new city. Asterisk. Googles. How long can you cry before dying of dehydration? <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Uh, also, you know, as we're wrapping up, uh, another segment that we shouldn't let pass from old to new. Uh, what was the name of today's Zoom link? Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Vienna. Mm. Perfect. Which was more an inside joke for the three of us that I don't know if either of you got it, but it made me giggle, so. Is it because uh, we were going to do the Once Upon a Time yeah. series? <laughs> yeah. Which I, th- I think we're also not going to end up doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But it made it perfect. It made me giggle, so here we are. That's good. Uh, and it's a fairy tale after all. It is. I do think that there are a lot of like fairy tale elements to this movie. Ugh, I just love both of them so much. Well, and luckily he- for you, and luckily for us, and luckily for listener, we get to hang out with them Yum. two more times. Next week. Yum. So next week. Catch ya. Next week is before which one? <laughs> Sunset. sunset. A day usually Before goes sunrise, sunset, and then midnight. Yeah. 
You can think about the logical progression works. of how. <laughs> I do think we'll get to this at midnight, but I think midnight's a real, you know, I think it's... It is it tough when you are, like, searching for these movies and you have to type a different letter after the word before. You're like, ugh. The first what two I only it? had to type before and then the letter S and you knew, Letterbox knew what I was talking about. But this third before one I have S. to before M. Ugh. <laughs> and now that we got to do it before noon next time. Tea time. We should. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so before sunset set is our next one next week. Uh, well, great. It was. This has been a great conversation. And uh, I guess all that's left to say is I'm finished.